Welcome to the bullpen. He's back. In the bullpen, we have my dear brother, conservative, a little politically misguided, but a good guy. Uh, Armstrong Williams, third generation Republican entrepreneur, uh, as well as media executive, broadcaster, radio host, et cetera, et cetera. Mr. Williams, welcome back to the show. How are you, sir? Life is what you make it, but it's always good to join you. Same here, brother. Always good to have you. All right. You know, I know this is this is a different type of debate because you happen to be friends with Justice Clarence Thomas and his wife Jenny Thomas. <laughs> and brother, you and I have gone at it about this couple before. So for this debate, we're going to hyper focus on her potential testimony with the January 6th investigative committee and the interplay with her on record comments about the election. So I don't want to presume what you know or believe about Ms. Thomas and her willingness or lack thereof to testify or even if it's necessary. So if you would give us your sentiment, I would then opine. So listen, you know, um, Jenny is no different than what conservatives criticize on the left as leftist activists. She's a conservative activist. Um, she's made it clear that she would welcome going before the January 6th committee. Uh, I think you and I both will agree that the lifeblood of democracy is transparency. Um, things are better seen, heard, and understood in the sunshine than it is in the dark. I'm reluctant to talk about many of the details about this because of my close relationship with the justice. Jenny knows how to defend herself. She is a lawyer. Um, her lawyer, Mark Paoletta, appeared before the committee uh, over a month ago and acquitted himself very well. And I think he answered many of the questions that the committee had. Obviously, there are ties between she and one of Carmen's former clerks, um, Mr. Eastman. But he made it clear that he had no conversations ever with the justice of Jenny about anything that he was doing. I think what you need to do is uh, uh, have her appear if that's what happens. I don't think it's gonna happen because it's an invite, not a subpoena. I think after the um, January 6th committee heard her lawyer, Mark Paoletta, they don't want to further embarrass themselves, uh, take people down some rabbit hole where they're not gonna find any smoking gun. So we have to differentiate between an invite and a subpoena. But if she does testify, then you make your evaluations when you have all the facts. Just like Watergate, you had all the suspicion, you had all the in your windows, and then it went before um, the investigative body and people came away with their own judgments. Uh, they don't need any vetting from us, let the process vet itself. But I have no doubt that if she does go and testify, uh, as she's always been, um, she's been very transparent and very open about her activism and her support for Donald Trump. I don't think anybody's surprised by that. Uh, do I believe she crossed the line? There's no question she crossed the line. I mean, she should always consider the impact this will have on her husband, whether he's in the dark or not. The bottom line, this is not something that I don't believe any Supreme Court justice's wife um, should be involved in. But she wants her independence. 
She has always been this way. This has always been Jenny. And now she's in the crosshairs of the January 6th committee. And there's so much about her and her integrity and her judgment, which is now being questioned. Yeah. All right. So let's let's unpack some of the, these things you said. All right. So you said she's willing to testify, which by the way, she did say that she told on the daily call of that her exact quote was, I can't wait to clear up misconceptions. I look forward to talking to them. Then, however, Mr. Armstrong, one day after the testimony of Ms. Hutchinson, a former aide to the White House, a former aide to Trump. One day after that testimony, her attorney comes out with an about face and says, not only is she not going to testify, she's not going to testify because of all the stress that's happening to her and that she really doesn't have anything to add. He, he said, I'm unclear as to why she would even be called to testify. Bottom line is, she said she would testify and then they do an about face and her attorney releases a statement saying that she would not testify. I agree with you. I think the best way for an actionable democracy is through transparency. I agree, let the lady talk. But I got some smoke also for the January 6th committee. Because as you said, they continue to issue letters of invite. They're doing the same thing or did the same thing for a few other people. The reality is they have the ability to subpoena. Why send a request when you can send a mandate? I have a theory. I don't believe the January 6th committee as as necessary as it is. I still think it is more political than probative. I think it is contextualized in a way to win the midterm elections and to loosen Trump's grip on the Republican Party overall, but is not willing to actually take down existing institutions by going after institutional norms or entities that are connected to massive institutions like the Supreme Court. So they won't subpoena Jenny Thomas because she's connected to the institution of the court. They won't subpoena Mike Pence, the former VP, even though the Constitution provides no protection for Mike Pence after he's out of office. They won't subpoena him because he's connected to the institution of the presidency. So I think their goal is massively political, not simply a goal that says we want to uncover everything that happened. Now remember Armstrong, that's the front leaning narrative. The front leaning narrative is they want to uncover everything that happened. But when it comes to uncovering it, they will send out letters to certain people and subpoenas to others. Why do you think there's such a massive difference? Well, I think you've touched on something which I think is very important with the January 6th committee. I actually think that both sides, the Republicans and Democrats are more in the tank together than you can imagine. I think the ultimate goal is for Republicans because they don't have the guts or the backbone to stand up to Trump because they're afraid of his constituency power across the country, which they've seen in these recent midterm elections. And so what they want to happen is for the Democrats in their own way to do their bidding. The bottom line is that neither side wants to see Trump run for office again. Democrats feel because it's just not for the good of the country with these kind of allegations. And it's even his mannerism when he was president of the United States, how many people felt how divided the country was. And for Republicans, they just need to find a way for him to go away. They just want him to go away. They don't want to be forced to vote for Donald Trump again or to debate Donald Trump again. So it, so they need to find a way to indict him so he cannot run for office again. And you're right, this is not a principal court. This is a political court. It's not about bringing the Supreme Court, Janet Thomas. It's not about bringing 
Meadows with the White House. You're absolutely correct. They have one goal in mind. They continue to destroy the credibility, show Donald Trump for exactly who he is, and portray him as the monster when they said these people are armed on that day, mm-hmm. didn't care. Mm-hmm. They said the vice president's life was threatened. Yep. They didn't care. And so even if the young lady you just mentioned who testified before the committee, even if she says that the president tried to commandeer the vehicle and the Secret Service disputes that, this is about Donald Trump. They want to wrap him up and they both have their own agenda and they're using each other and the national platform of the media to do so. Because it's the only way the Republicans can say, hey, this is the conclusion. And what they want to do is try to turn not opinion polls against Trump, but Trump's constituency against him. Because once they begin to see those numbers drop, then they begin, they believe they have the credibility to say, well, we're going to vote with the committee to stop the president. But they need to see that. Mr. Armstrong, I only have two minutes left before the next show comes on. Uh, it's not gonna work. Mr. Armstrong, I'm telling you, brother, it's just not going to work. They're not connected to Trump because Trump is truthful or likable, none of that. Trump was right when he said, listen, I could commit murder, my people are still gonna follow me. He knew exactly what he tapped into while we were still laughing about his commentary and comments referencing Republican supporters. The reality is, brother, the only way, the only way you stop Trump is through arrest, indictment, prosecution. That's the only way you stop this guy. Maybe you get a plea deal where he agrees not to ever seek a position of public trust again, including board membership. Maybe you get that. But if you don't go that far, if you're not willing to go that far, and that's one of my biggest beefs with this particular committee, because the chairman came out and said, listen, we're not gonna make a criminal referral to the DOJ. And then it took the Republican Liz Cheney to say, hold on, Mr. Chair. We, we didn't make that decision as a committee, all right? We haven't made that decision yet. I don't think the DOJ wants to be in a position to indict. I don't think they want the political pressure from the January 6th committee to indict. I think Biden is an institutionalist at heart. He doesn't want the sanctity of the presidency to be an indictable thing. But listen, man, at this point, it is what it is. If you don't you, indict wait, Trump, you can't indict you and nobody. You and, I, you and I agree, but guess what? Biden's also thinking about in a few months, the Republicans could possibly control the Senate and the House, yes. and they will go out to his son. That's Listen, also fine. in the back of his mind. That's one person. I get it, brother. I get it, and I hate how I sound. Damn it, I don't care. I don't care if you are going to prosecute a potential dictator of this country who has done enough to be prosecuted, enough to be charged, enough to go in jail for the rest of his life. I don't care. You do it because you want to save the nation. Damn, trying to protect. Your own uh, presidency or institution, and I dare say, even Hunter Biden. If Hunter did crimes, Hunter has to face the music. That's it. You can't throw the whole country under the bus because you're trying to protect one individual. Am I wrong here, brother? We got 30 seconds. You know, brother, I think you and I agree more today. <laughs> Most people can imagine or interpret it. I think we're on the same page, and that's a good thing for democracy. But the bottom line, the lifeblood of democracy is transparency in the sunshine. So all can see and come to their conclusions. There it is. Brother, always a pleasure. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for talking to me today. Thank you.